everyone, and welcome to the Enlighten Me podcast. I'm your host, Mackenzie, and I'm super pumped that you're here. You are listening to episode 62 of the podcast, which feels crazy to say, but episode 62, and we are welcoming Isabel Steichen to the show. Isabel is a creative person at heart who runs a blog and a podcast, and she's now also a business owner who creates plant-based snack foods. And, of course, Isabel is a vegan. Veganism is something that we've talked about on the show before, and for me, it's something I never get tired of discussing and learning more about personally. But the conversation here today is not to try to convince you to ditch all the animal products in your life and go completely vegan. Instead, this conversation is meant to inspire you to be a little more mindful of what you're putting in your body and to consider incorporating more plant-based foods into your diet. Something Isabel points out in the show is that we're not just talking about veggies here. Plant-based extends way beyond vegetables, so she's going to talk more about that today. And she's also going to share about her personal journey with going vegan. This is a story about how a European girl raised on a traditional European diet with a dedicated meat eater for a husband went completely plant-based. And spoiler alert, not just her, but her husband ended up going vegan too. We're talking about some of the challenges she faced with her transition, concerns that she encounters from other people, and also what some of the biggest benefits to changing her diet have been. And let me tell you, Isabel knows her stuff. She is quick to point out that she's not a doctor, but she is certified in plant-based nutrition, and I think it really shows here. I learned a ton from her, and I know you're going to too. While you're listening to this episode, you can check out Isabel's podcast called The Plantiful Podcast, and you can also leave a review for the show. We would love to hear what you think of it today. When you subscribe, rate, and review the show, it helps more people to find it, which is what I want. I want more people to hear these awesome conversations and to meet people like Isabel. I want to take a second to acknowledge someone who did write a review. This review says, educational and enjoyable. I find myself learning so much through listening to this podcast. Each and every episode is so educational and informative and such an easy listen. Thank you to whoever left that review. That means so much to me, and that's exactly what I want. I want it to be educational, but easy to listen to, and I think this conversation with Isabel fits perfectly into that description. So leave a rating and a review, subscribe to the show so that you don't miss part two with Isabel next week, and now, friends, you can sit back and relax. Here is my conversation with Isabel. Okay. Hey, Isabel. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, Mackenzie. I'm so excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's such a pleasure to have you on. I'm really glad we got to work this out. Can you just start with introducing yourself for everyone who's listening? Yeah, totally. So my name is Isabel Steichen. I am, well, there's multiple hats that I'm wearing. One of them Mm -hmm. is I am the founder of the Plentiful podcast that my husband and I are doing together. And Mm -hmm. um, it very much started as a side project to share our passion for plant-based eating with the world and inspire others through um, some of our incredible guests that we've had the pleasure to have on the show. And more recently, um, I want to say in the last 12 months or so, I have actually been dedicating most of my time to my new business, Loopy, which is a lupini mm-hmm. bean-based protein snack company. And so we can dive more into that later on. Yeah. But that's what I'm spending most of my time doing these days. Yeah, very cool. And just because I'm curious, I read on your website that you and your husband met while you were doing study abroad. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, it's it's a little bit of a crazy story. And it goes to show that when you expect kind of nothing, it, the best things happen. Like that's, that's uh-huh. kind of been a little bit of a mantra in my life. Um, you know, I 
I'm very much a planner and I love predicting things and planning them ahead. But I've noticed that a lot of times the best things happen when, when you don't plan them, plan them out. So what I what happened was I, I went to school. Well, I grew up in, in Europe. I actually grew up in Luxembourg, a small little country in, mm-hmm. in, cent- in the center of Europe. And I uh, went to school in France and Paris. Uh, undergrad and grad school but during undergrad I had the opportunity to study abroad and I was really really interested in spending a year in the U.S. and studying at a at an American university or college and Mm -hmm. so I applied and it was really competitive a lot of kids in my school wanted to go to the states and we had one one spot per per school per American school that was given to the French or to the students in, 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 at, my, at my Parisian school. And so it was really competitive and I had to put together this list of top choices and all of my schools, they were all pretty much uh, smaller liberal arts colleges, but they were all either in big cities uh, or just outside of big cities. And kind of last minute, I added this one college that I had never heard of before, mm-hmm. but my advisor told me, hey, you, you got to add one more choice to your list. Um, we just started partnering with Hamilton College. It's like a, it's a, it's a great school. It's upstate New York. And I was like, uh, okay, like, I don't want to go <laughs> there, but <laughs> sure, I'll add it. And she, she tried to convince me that I was going to get you know, one of my first two choices. And my first choice was Barnard. And I really wanted to actually be in New York City. So in any event, I ended up getting my fourth choice, which was Hamilton. And I was Mm. absolutely devastated. I was so upset. I remember because I had put so many expectations around this you know, study abroad year and mm-hmm. really wanted to be in a big city as I grew up in a tiny uh, country and tiny city, Luxembourg. And yes, I had lived, um, you know, in a slightly bigger city after that, but I, I just really wanted to be in New York City. And so I was devastated. But then uh, as it turns out, there were so many incredibly amazing things that happened from my year in Hamilton. And, and one of them is that I met Noah, my now husband. And so we, mm-hmm. we met at the beginning um, of our of our time there and or of my time there. And he was a senior and it was my last year of undergrad as well. And so we fell in love and we started dating and we uh, continued dating uh, even after I moved back to Paris to go to grad school. And we did that for almost two years, this long distance mm-hmm. relationship. And then I ended up moving full time to the States in 2013. So been here for uh, a few years now. And yeah. um, after that, no one, I got married. So um, mm-hmm. clearly, again, really amazing things happen when you when you have very little expectations. Yeah. Oh, that's such a cool story. And that's funny, because my husband and I dated long distance mm-hmm. when, you know, when we were younger, too. But And it was across the country, kind of. I was in the western part of the U.S. and he was in the Midwest, which felt like really far because we had to fly to see each other. But you guys definitely have us beat. That's a lot farther. (laughs) New York to Paris. So way to go. I'm glad it all worked out. Yeah. And yeah, well, I think that's a really cool story. And I wanted to ask too, because I know just from reading on your website, your journey to a plant-based lifestyle was kind of alongside with your husband and it was a journey for you Mm -hmm. two together. And like you said, you guys have your podcast and you both do a lot, it seems like. So yeah, can you just kind of tell us about that? Uh, we're, We're talking about your business today, but also just about 
the vegan lifestyle since that's something you both are passionate about. So can you just tell us what that was like for you? Like, were you always a vegetarian or how did you decide to go vegan? Yeah, yeah. Um, so that goes a few years back. And actually, I sometimes joke and so does my mom and says, you know, you were kind of vegan at heart since the start. But <laughs> yeah, um, but you know, I grew up with a in a European family with the most traditional European foods that you can imagine, like we ate any and every part of the animal. Mm-hmm. And so um, I yeah, and, and, and tons of cheese. And my, my one of my grandmothers uh, was French. And so uh, that was a big ritual, actually, you know, going to the to the market on the weekends and picking out cheeses um, mm-hmm. for the week, like, just a really big part of, of my diet. And I honestly, I always, always struggled with the concept of eating animals. And I remember, um, I, I guess it grossed me out. Yeah. Uh, just uh, the look of it and and the taste, but also the concept. And I absolutely remember, you know, my my other grandmother taking me to the petting zoo and petting these um, bunny rabbits. But then at the same time, rabbits uh, is a specialty uh, in, in a lot of European countries. And my grandmother would make it for lunch. And to me, in my head, we obviously didn't eat the bunny rabbit that we were petting at the zoo. But in my head, that was all the same. I did not understand why we loved one of them and ate the other one and why we loved our dogs and other pets that we had. But then we would go and eat animals. And it's also very graphic in Europe, I think, you know, way more than in the States. You go to farmer's market and you will see um, the animals uh, more in their like whole state, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and so it's very recognizable. And I made that link really early on. And so I, I very much struggled with that concept. And I remember having these conversations with my parents and kind of wanting to be vegetarian, but it was just not an option. My parents are, you know, very open minded in many ways. And but they were also extremely attached to their cultural heritage and to Mm -hmm. the foods that we that they grew up eating. And in their head, me um, refusing to eat animal products was kind of like, not polite. It wasn't okay. It wasn't following our traditions. And, you know, again, I think there's some cultural differences. I, I find here in the States, it's very standard. If you eat at a restaurant and you want something swapped out or you're lactose intolerant or you're vegan these days, it's easy. You just ask for accommodations. When I grew up in Europe in like the 90s, that was not an option. And even now, I think it's it depends on where you are. But in a lot of places, in a lot of restaurants, you just you don't ask for swaps and accommodations. That's kind of almost insulting, culturally speaking. And so it was just not an option. But I had sworn to myself that when I move out from home and go to university and go to college, I will not not cook any any like animal flesh. And so Mm -hmm. I became vegetarian when I moved out from home. And even that was hard when I would come back for holidays, you know, I would, I was still eating eggs, and I was still eating a ton of cheese, actually, but I wasn't eating meat anymore. And didn't really enjoy fish either. And so I that was always kind of hard around the holidays while I was in school. And over time, and especially after my year abroad at uh, Hamilton College, I had taken a bunch of classes on the food system. And from this like personal aversion that I had towards um, animal products kind of developed this uh, deeper understanding around um, you know, some of the other impacts that um, humans eating animals have on the environment, on their health and on animals also. And so I started 
really um, diving deeper into some of these other um, challenges that, you know, animal agriculture causes to the planet. And then when I was done with grad school uh, and moved to the States in 2013, I I decided I am going to go like entirely vegan. So I transitioned from that vegetarian diet to a vegan diet in 2013 when I moved to New York. And, you know, I never looked back. It was in a way an overnight transition. I mean, I had already, I had never enjoyed animal products really and had already stopped eating meat. But I was a little bit sad about giving up cheese because I had a lot of emotional attachment to to that uh, to those foods, and uh, you know they 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 were definitely comfort food for me. But then living in New York City, you know, was just it felt like a little bit of like felt like a, a an amusement park for my uh, newly gained vegan lifestyle because. Yeah. There are so many options and, right. uh, you know, and, and, and basically like uh, after I moved there, a vegan cheese store opened up in Brooklyn and mm-hmm. it was owned by this, it's owned by this really amazing Austrian woman. And so, um, you know, she, I mean, there are so many options popping up left and right. And it's also it was culturally very easy for me. Um, and, you know, I was also, I graduated from school. I was independent. I started working. I was then also financially independent. So I felt like I can make my own choices and live my life to in in the exact way as I want to live it. And eating plant based was was a big part of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. That's that's really cool and cool how New York even played a part in that. Also, kind of making it a little bit easier yeah. for you. I think it is something to say that. I feel like it's a little bit easier when you live in a bigger city, mm-hmm. you know, whether you're in the U.S. or wherever, just because you do have more access to vegan options in restaurants mm-hmm. and even in the grocery store. So that definitely mm-hmm. makes a difference. So what were some of the challenges that you faced with that transition? I know you said you're vegetarian first, so probably mm-hmm. the concept of like cutting out dairy and whatnot wasn't as like hard of a thing to imagine for you. I know for a lot of people thinking about going from eating all the meat and the cheese and the ice cream to being completely Mm -hmm. vegan sounds like a really big challenge. So what was that like? And did like, did you take time to do it? I mean, I know you said it was somewhat overnight, but yeah, was it like really easy for you to just like cut out those foods? Or did you kind of take some time to transition fully? Yeah, so I, I moved here in January of 2013, and pretty much that, like, around those days when I moved from Europe, I told Noah, who we weren't married at the time, we were just dating, and I had just decided to move to the States, and we were moving in together, I, I told him that I was going to be 100% plant-based, and mm-hmm. you're asking about challenges, I mean, that was by far the biggest challenge in many ways was to tell my partner who was a dedicated meat eater like (laughs) literally would eat like the most I mean obscure parts of animals we we left traveling and so he hasn't he hadn't gone vegan until like 2016 so we did a bunch of trips to southeast asia um in in that time frame where i was vegan and he wasn't and i'm i'm going to tell you like even some of the locals were like blown away if he would like all the animal parts that he was curious about eating at the markets and i, I mm-hmm. it just like he was such a dedicated <laughs> you can say that animal eater and he had never asked himself really many questions around that and he just really enjoyed it and so i remember him being really 
almost emotional about it. And he said, you know, that's so sad. We won't be able to share meals anymore because the big thing that we would do is go out to restaurants together and eat, um, you know, and share, share meals. And while I wasn't eating uh, animal flesh, I was still eating dairy and eggs and, 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 uh, at, you know, before I went vegan. And so, especially when he would come and visit me in France, we would, you know, go to French restaurants and share cheese plates and things like that. And we weren't going to be able to do that anymore in his head and in his mind. And so that was really hard. But I, you know, stood my ground in that way and said, you know, I, I, um, I want us to find a way to to compromise. And I guess, you know, we joke about it. I feel like he definitely compromised in many ways, <laughs> because he ended up going plant based. But I think that led me to one big transition in my personal life. Honestly, before I was plant-based, I actually didn't do a ton of cooking. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, when I was in college and university, I would do a lot of takeout, a lot of really simple meals. If I wouldn't, you know, be with my family, just uh, scrambled eggs all the time and some pasta dishes. And I just wasn't really into cooking. And eh, funnily, in a way, I also, I thought, you know, I think the feminist in me was like, I'm not, I'm not going to be in front of a stovetop. Like, why, why would I do that? And when I went plant-based and I realized how, you know, I didn't, I wasn't really equipped to cook delicious meals that could inspire Noah to try these foods, mm -hmm. I realized that I needed to change that. And I started diving into that. And I, um, I signed up for um, plant-based newsletters. I, I remember one of my uh, first newsletters and YouTube channels that I started watching was Sweet Potato Soul, Janae Claiborne, who now is a really close friend, actually, oh, cool. um, which is, which is funny, we, we ended up working together through mm -hmm. one of my startup jobs. And then we became became really good friends and she had these amazing recipes that were really simple and delicious. And I did a bunch of um, cooking classes and cooking courses, both online and in person over a few years and really started, you know, developing my cooking skills. And as I was getting better in the kitchen, um, I also found that Noah started being more interested and curious. But a bigger hurdle was still with, you know, having friends and family over for dinner and for a very long time, actually, until Noah transitioned to a plant-based diet, he always insisted on having some animal product if mm -hmm. he would have people over because he said, you know, having a plant-based dish is not a full meal. Like, you, where's the protein, yeah, you know, yeah. because protein equals animal products. And so that was hard. And it was hard for me, honestly, to see like uh, chicken stored in our fridge or eggs when I wasn't eating them, yeah. and I, I just, it was very, you know, emotionally difficult. Mm -hmm. um, now it's, it's easier. We're both plant-based, but also I think I'm, I'm maybe more mature about it and I don't see it in that binary way anymore. And I, you know, I think I'm understanding that even though I made this choice of being hundred percent plant-based and I, you know, it's, it's not difficult for me and I love my life in that way. And I love eating that way. Mm -hmm. I still believe that, you know, even if you just cut out a few animal based meals a week or, uh, or so or a month, that makes an impact. And that is important. And that does matter. And so I'm less, you know, I guess, binary uh, about other people's choices. But I, I was at the beginning. And I think you hear that a lot where you transition into this plant based diet, and you suddenly feel like you see so clear and you realize, oh, it's so good. But but then you want to go and tell everyone else that they should do the same. And I, I don't feel that way anymore. I want to inspire people, but I don't want to prescribe things to people. Yeah. Yeah, that's a really good point. I think 
I can definitely relate to that. We, we transitioned more to a plant-based diet a couple years ago, and at first I was like, yeah, we can't, like, serve me. We can't even be around me. Like, we, you know, I felt, like, really strict about it. And right. more so recently we're kind of – I would say we're, like, 80% plant-based, like – um, almost completely at home and then when we go out or if we go to like a friend's house and they don't cook vegan for us like it's okay and so no. yeah I think it has been like definitely a learning process for us too of like how to balance that and I don't know do it well and in a way that we feel like good and healthy about but also in a way where we're not like forcing it down other people's throats and Mm -hmm. I do still like any of my close friends that come over I'm like okay I'm gonna cook you a vegan meal and you have to try it like you know (laughs) but um I try not to like be forceful with it but it but it, it it is hard I mean it's something that I would say even though it's becoming more common it's something that people still I don't know like to tease about or think you know, can be really mm-hmm. silly or are really against trying. And so, yeah, what what do you guys do now? Like for when you do have people over for dinner who maybe like maybe you don't know them as well. And so you're not going to make them eat a vegan meal. I don't know. How do you guys approach that or with yeah. your family? Like how did they accept that? Yeah, I would say we so we because Noah is plant based now, too, and he um, transitioned, I think, around 2016 or so. The short story there is he wanted to prove me wrong and show how he could do it for a month, but how it was kind of silly. So he, 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 <laughs> he yeah, he created himself this, this January plant-based challenge and he started feeling so good. And he's, he's a real athlete. He does a lot of um, running and cycling and triathlons uh-huh. and Ironman and things like that. And so yeah. what he puts in his body really impacts his performance and he just right. could not believe how good he felt. And so that's how he actually started sticking to it. And at the time, he wasn't interested in talking to me about ethics or environmental impacts of the plant-based diet. I yeah. think that has, <laughs> that has changed um, uh, over the last few years. But he, he has been plant-based ever since. And um, I would say, you know, uh, that makes it way easier when we have people over because both of us cook entirely plant-based at home. And most of our friends, uh, I would say all of our friends know that we're plant-based. We don't expect them to cater to us. So I always ask, can I bring something? Can I make something? Don't go yeah. out of your way. Like, I don't have that expectations. But if people come to my place, I will always only cook plant-based. So we don't cook any animal products. And even people that we don't know very well, we make them plant-based dishes. And I think now mm-hmm. that our both of our cooking skills have dramatically improved since 2013, yeah. <laughs> I feel really comfortable with that. And sure. I think in parallel, there's obviously been a little bit of a mainstreamization of plant-based eating over the last few years. And so I think, you know, people are generally more interested and open to it. So that's how we handle it with friends. Um, you know, when we go to restaurants, if, if I'm asked to put out suggestions, I will always suggest plant-based restaurant restaurants, but not, you know, like places that are welcoming and open. And I mean, most of the restaurants in New York City that are plant-based are, most of their um, guests are probably not vegans or plant-based eaters, but they just make delicious food that is great for everyone. So I'll always suggest that. But if we go to a restaurant that isn't plant-based, that's totally fine by me. And I will always find something. And if I'm worried, I'll call ahead and I'll say, you know, I only eat plants. Can you make me something? So 
Mm-hmm. That, which friends and family, it has been, it has been really easy in, in that way. And yeah, with family actually the same now, you know, I think um, I would say Noah's family was American, was actually more open-minded uh, in many ways. And Noah's mom is really into cooking and, and she, she actually is very much a healthy eater in general. And a lot of the food that she was making was very, you know, veggie heavy already. So for her, it's kind of like a challenge, but a fun one to make the um, plant-based meals. She will always make some animal products as well for the rest of the family. And with my European family, you know, it's, it's a progress. And now I think it's, they are a hundred percent supportive and have accepted it. And actually I think with Noah transitioning, that has actually made it easier for me because I don't know, for some reason uh, in their head, it was, it was harder for if their child was vegan than if their, you know, son-in-law or brother-in-law was, and they love Noah. And so they very much embraced it, but for a while it was difficult. And I felt like almost my, my parents and my mom would defend herself when we would talk about it. Um, Mm -hmm. I almost felt like she felt bad about her not being plant-based and, but we have kind of overcome that. And I think part of that is, her just, you know, understanding I'm not looking for justifications. And also me, like I said before, kind of letting people do their thing. And if they ask me questions, I, I'm happy to talk about it. But I want just, you know, bring these choices up if I'm if I'm not asked, because I feel like it can be alienating. And sometimes people feel attacked if you talk about it just like that. So mm-hmm. I think we've both matured and, and grown in, in that way. Yeah, definitely. That's that's really cool. But yeah, I appreciate your honesty and just kind of the challenges with it because it is a big change in lifestyle mm-hmm. and can affect relationships. So I definitely appreciate that. Okay, so what about what are some of the things that I know you mentioned to me you're a health coach, you're certified in plant-based nutrition. Mm-hmm. So over the years, what what are some of the things that you've seen people have questions on, like whether mm-hmm. it was Noah wondering if he would still be able to do mm-hmm. all his crazy running workout stuff, <laughs> just eating plant-based or whatever. Um, what are some of the questions or misunderstandings that you see a lot of when it comes to being plant-based and, you know, getting all your nutrients? Yeah, I think, you know, one big one is um, people think plant-based means only vegetables. And mm-hmm. I think people... Uh, think plants and vegetables are the same and plants obviously encompass so many more different foods than just vegetables and I think it's really important when you transition into a plant-based diet to eat that spectrum of foods and include legumes and beans and lentils include starchy vegetables as well as green vegetables and colored vegetables include grains include plant-based fats like nuts and seeds and avocados include um the whole other kingdom of mushroom which is a separate uh, mushrooms which is a separate kingdom and then also you know including fruit and so i think this whole spectrum of different foods that you can can be eating and plant-based is not just eating leafy greens. And I think some people still still believe that. And that brings me to the second piece, which is eating enough quantity. You know, I think a lot of times people struggle with a plant-based diet because they will continue eating maybe the same amounts uh, of food than they ate before. And, you know, because animal-based foods are more calorie dense, you eat less of it uh, usually Mm -hmm. and plants actually you need to eat more quantity especially when you eat vegetables because they are very low in calories and so in in order to get enough energy it's really important to eat enough food and I think some people 
make that mistake on a plant-based diet. And I think, you know, it's restriction versus it's actually abundance. And I would say from personal experience, I've never ate such a diverse diet than when mm-hmm. I went plant-based. I feel like I was kind of rotating the same 10 foods before when I was vegetarian or even when I was an omnivore. And now meeting all these different incredible plants. And, and then also you have the, the different seasons that are exciting to me, uh, you know, when, when certain fruits or veggies come in season. Um, so it's a very diverse diet, but I think it's important to embrace that and make sure mm-hmm. you eat enough food and you eat, you eat a rainbow. And so I think that that's really essential. Mm-hmm. In terms of, you know, worries, uh, there's obviously nutrient deficiency worries. Yeah. And I think one thing that stood out to me, and it's a little bit related to why I started Loopy, is that, that question that I kept getting only from my American friends and family members when I was telling them it was plant-based, they kept asking me where I was getting my protein from. And to me, that really stood out because Europeans don't really care about protein as a claim very much. You know, also they are motivated by other reasons uh, when they make uh, their food choices. And I think it's less driven by diet or weight management or even health oftentimes. But American consumers are more aware of that, but also very much obsessed, I think, with protein. And it's funny because Americans overconsume protein and in truth, they, they eat too much protein, but they're still worried. Mm-hmm. And I think there is, you know, still a preconception that plants don't deliver in the same way because a lot of uh, plant-based protein is not a complete protein. So it doesn't have complete chain of amino acids. It's different for some plants like lupini beans, for example, but also quinoa or soy has a complete profile of amino acids, which means it's very similar to meat in its construction. But even when you eat plants that aren't complete proteins, your body, research has shown your body is smart enough to assimilate and complete it as long as you eat enough food, again, back to point one. And so people really shouldn't worry that much, but there is a worry around protein. There's also some nutrients that, you know, you don't get as much from plants. And one big one that you actually, that is vitamin B12, which is not a vitamin, it's a it's a microbe, it's a bacteria, and it's usually found in soil. And uh, because our vegetables and plants that we consume are very clean um, and scrubbed, we don't really get a lot of that anymore from plants. And so you have to supplement with vitamin B12. That is just something mm-hmm. that you have to do. And again, I'm not a doctor, but I, uh, you know, I, I, I think that's the most important thing. It's a water-soluble vitamin, which means that if you have too much of it, your body will get rid of it, so you can't overdose on it. But it is so essential for your nervous system and for a lot a lot of other functions of your body. And you want to make sure that you don't deplete your storages because that can be really serious. And so that's one of the really big important things. And I take vitamin B12 supplements and so does Noah. And I think the other worries around omega uh, fatty acids, um, which some of them are easier to get from animal products than from plant-based protein uh, products. And so um, it's important to supplement with that as well. Um, so those are the two mm-hmm. things that I would say that are essential to look at. But then again, everyone is different. And I'm not a doctor, as I said, and I'm also mm-hmm. not a registered dietitian. So what I recommend, you know, if I advise somebody to transition to a plant-based diet, go and talk to your doctor, get a blood panel. You should actually do that every year just to check up and make sure that mm-hmm. you don't have any nutrient deficiencies. Because even if you're are an omnivore, you can be deficient in some of these things, especially B12. Actually, a yeah. lot of omnivores are deficient in that too. And maybe that's because right. your body doesn't absorb it in the right way. So 
it's important to just make sure, you know, there's no reason to be alarmist about it. But when you make such a dietary transition, you want to make sure you get the right nutrients and supplementation for yeah. some of them is, is crucial. Yeah, absolutely. No, that's really good to know. And that makes me feel good because I have been having B12. So glad to know that. <laughs> okay, <laughs> so what about some of the benefits that you see from eating more plant-based? I know you mentioned like just how much better you felt, but can you tell us like mm-hmm. a little more specifically what are some of the big- biggest benefits to transitioning to more plant-based? And, and you know, it doesn't have to be like you mentioned necessarily even being completely vegan, but just mm-hmm. trying to incorporate more plant-based foods and cutting out a little bit of the, you know, animal products. Yeah, yeah, totally. I think one huge thing that is finally, you know, getting back into people's minds and is, is I want to say trendy again, but I hope it's, it's here to stay, uh, is fiber. And, um, you know, fiber was really in in the 90s and it's now coming back. And it's coming back because there's so much research showing the relationship between fiber and gut health with the rest of your body, especially um, with your overall immunity mm-hmm. and brain health. And so you often call the gut the second brain because it has all these nerve endings and fiber, prebiotic and probiotic fiber is helping, you know, with creating that healthy gut system and and, and that bacterial diversity. And it's also helping with elimination. And so, you know, fiber is so crucial in a balanced diet. And if we talk about deficiencies, one thing that we are that most of us are deficient on uh, in is fiber, actually. And it's funny how little it's talked about that, but that is that is true, especially in Western countries um, like the like the U.S. And the only way to get fiber in your diet mm-hmm. is through plants. There is no fiber in meat. There is no fiber in eggs or um, dairy, and so. That's a really important thing. And I personally feel, you know, that having such a fiber abundant diet is really just making me feel really good. It's making me feel like I eliminate well, which is so important as well. So that's an important, an important benefit. I think the other piece, and this is a lot of that is based on my personal experience around dairy. So yeah, so dairy is one thing that I was very much dependent on. I would say, you know, I mentioned that cheese and um, yogurt were really big parts of my diet, especially when I was a vegetarian and I thought I needed them to get enough protein and, and nutrients. Yeah. So I always, always had acid reflux and I would take these over the counter acid reflux meds um, to help with that, but it always felt like a band aid. And I saw similar things with Noah. He actually, he ate, I think for him, it came more from actually meat consumption, but he would have crazy, crazy acid reflux almost after every meal. And he would tell me, that's normal. That's just how I am. I've always had this. <laughs> um, and then as we both transitioned into a plant-based diet, um, you know, separate at separate times, we both felt that that change was massive. I, I almost never um, have acid reflux these days. I haven't seen him have mm-hmm. any of this like crazy belching that he used to have. And we haven't, you know, bought any of those uh, over-the-counter meds in, in a long time ever since... Um, you know, a transition to a plant-based diet. So I think that dairy can create a lot of digestive issues. You know, there is a lot of research also showing 
that, you know, we probably shouldn't be consuming that much dairy, especially as adults. We aren't able to really break out the enzymes, uh, break down the enzymes and, and digest it correctly. And so I think there is a lot of inflammation that happens from there. And so that is definitely one of the benefits physiologically that I felt. And then just in general energy levels, you know, I was not an athlete before I met Noah. And actually, I wasn't really an athlete before I transitioned into a plant-based diet. And I can't say, um, you know, is it causation or correlation? But what is true is that I I now work out very regularly. I um, love training for uh, races. I've done half marathons, marathons, and other types of races. And I have incredible energy, um, you know, on this plant-based diet. And I think that because it is a low inflammatory diet, especially when you eat whole foods plant-based, uh, you you get all the, the necessary nutrients to live a really active life. And both Noah and I very much feel that. So those are some of the changes. And then there is something very personal, which is more of an emotional change. And I think that for me, when I started eating really in line with my personal values and beliefs and convictions, I just started feeling more peace, honestly. And I... Yeah often think about that and that, you know, with every meal that I eat, I make a choice and I vote in many ways to support something or to not support something or support something else. And those consumer choices that I make do have an impact as an individual. Um, And then, you know, collectively, as we all start thinking a little bit more about the food choices that we make. And so it feels really good to think about that and, and to think that, I am making a positive impact one, you know, plant at a time. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, well, I think that's really good to know. Thank you for breaking down kind of like each of those specific benefits. And uh, I've said this on the show before. I've had one other person come on to talk about specifically like a plant-based lifestyle. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's just because you go vegan, like doesn't mean you're healthy. Like you do have to put in the effort to make sure you are getting like all the nutrients that you need. But I think I would agree with you in just feeling better because I do think I feel healthier because I never did that research before. Like I never thought about that before. Like, Mm -hmm. am I getting enough protein? Am I getting enough fiber? Am Mm -hmm. I getting, you know, too much dairy? Like I never thought about those things before. And then when you switch up your diet, you start more intentionally thinking about it and thinking about yeah, just the everyday foods you're putting in your body rather than just going with what, you know, the culture says like, oh yeah, you need meat every day and eat some vegetables too. (laughs) Yeah, I think you're just a little bit more conscious of it. So that's really good. And I agree about the mental effects of it too. I definitely feel that. Okay, friends, here is a challenge for you coming away from this conversation today. Make a plant-based meal to try this week. No matter what our diets are, we all should be thinking about what we're fueling our bodies with every day and truly trying to incorporate more plants and vegetables into our diets. I think we can all agree that that's true. Now, if you accept my challenge, make sure you do your research so you know that you're getting plenty of nutrients and that you're getting enough food. I thought these were some really interesting points that Isabel made today on the show, and I love that she shared about how even though she is vegan, she doesn't see things as so binary anymore. 
I personally found it as an encouragement that every meal you make makes a difference to your own body and to the planet. So incorporating a little more plant-based living here and there does hold a lot of power, even if you're not going completely vegan. So I hope you're encouraged by that fact too. Now, if you are interested in more plant-based snacking, make sure you check out her brand, Loopy. That's actually what we'll be talking about in part two next week, along with more about her podcast and creative journey where she is looking to inspire others to live a plant-based life. Don't forget about subscribing so that you don't miss part two next week. Subscribing to the show is free. It just takes the click of one button on whatever app you're listening to, and that will ensure that you get notified when part two is available. Also, don't forget about leaving a rating and a review. And in the meantime, be a little more mindful about what you're putting in your body. Try making a plant-based meal this week and letting me know how it goes. I would love to hear. And keep seeking to get enlightened. Peace out.